Radio Theater is on the air. It's the riders on the radio. Come on, partner, saddle up and go. Get ready for the cowboy show. Yodelay, yodelay, yay. We've been working since the break of day. We've been doing it the cowboy way. And now it's time to play. We're gonna ride and rope and wrangle a tune. We're gonna hoot and holler and howl at the moon. Yes, partners, it's time to saddle up and ride the airways once again with America's favorite cowboys, Riders in the Sky, to Slim Woody, Paul, and Ranger Doug, yes. and our guest, cowboy poet Baxter Black. This is Texas Big Spender inviting you to join Riders in the Sky for a thrilling program of high yodeling adventure. We're going to ride and rope and wrangle a tune. We're going to hoot and holler and howl at the moon. Every buckaroo and buckaroo, there's a place around the fire for you with riders in the sky. So come on and let's ride. And now, with the 2,909th performance of their career, here are Riders in the Sky. Yes. Thank you, Texas Mix Bender, the voice that sold a million baby chicks over border radio. Two Slim Ranger yes. Doug, Woody Paul, our riders in the sky. Joey the Cow Polka King is our orchestra. The lovely Miss Marm is with us tonight. And of course, our special yeah. guest, Baxter Black. And who could forget, Thanks. since we are doing an album of love songs, we have trying to get cover all the, all the aspects of love, everything you could imagine about love. Well, Happy I mean, love, sad love, well, puppy side love. meat. <laughs> yep, puppy love, doggy love, you name it, we've got it. Side meat has his own take on love. You betcha, boys. Would you sing this song for us? I'll try to. Now come and gather round me, boys, and draw your ponies near. I've got some words of wisdom you whippersnappers ought to hear. Now I've seen you when the roundup's done, heading into town to romance the night away and swing the ladies round. Now I've been around the block a time or four. When it comes to women, boys, I know the score. They're fickle, they're ungrateful. They'll bite the hand that feeds them. Women, oh, who needs them? Now cut that out. Trying to do something serious here. Why, I was young once too, you know, and I did some courting then. Each little chickadee turned out to be a tough old hen. With one hand running through your hair, the other's in your wallet. Call it love? More like lunacy, I call it. Why, you poor young lamb, you think she's a delight. Man, she'll shear you, leave you shivering in the night. There's many a man that's heard my words, but precious few that heeds them. Women, who needs them? Oh, cut that out now. There's two ways you can learn about this, either here or in court. Which one do you think's cheaper? Do you think they're soft and tender, boys? Yes, that's what you think now. You don't know the devil lurking neath the milk-white brow. You think that breaking Bronx is rough. I'll tell you this for certain. Just sign up with the women, boys, for a PhD in hurting. 
protect, preserve your masculinity. Become a paragon of manhood, just like me. Cars, they'll chew you up and spit you out and leave you there to bleed some. Women. Who needs them? <laughs> oh, you're not paying any attention to me, are you? You gotta cut out to preserve your precious bodily fluids, boy. It may not be too late, I tell you. Ranger Doug, how do I get out of this? Well, do what I do. Yodel. Great idea. Yodel, 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 Now that's music. This portion of Riders Radio Theater is brought to you by the First Rational Bank of Tumbleweed Valley. Remember, at First Rational Bank, we think we know what we're doing. That's First Rational Bank, member F-O-L-D. Riders Radio Theater sends a great big western howdy now to our station of the week, WMKY, in Moorhead, Kentucky. And now here's the king of the cowboy fiddlers with a little of Catherine's Waltz. And now to bring on tonight's guest star here is Bachelor of Science and member of the National Geographic Society, Too Slim. Boy, howdy, since 1979. Gosh, our guest tonight makes a triumphant return to our show. He's from Brighton, Colorado, and I, I have a little tribute to him here that I've composed by way of introduction. <clears throat> I sing the bard of Brighton from Colorado's plain, born to versify and talk and talk and talk and entertain. Doctor modifies his name, they say he was a vet, but now it's punchlines he prescribes to every maverick met. His wordplay is a wonder, his metaphor sublime. 
The vagaries of cowboy life he renders into rhyme. But no ivory-towered poet he, sequestered in some cloister, he writes of dogs and trucks and drunks and cows and mountain oysters. <laughs> I sing the bard of Brighton, a good man, straight and true. He must be, for he won the winsome hand of Cindy Lou. I toast the bard of Brighton, may his long life nothing lack. This round's on me. We drink to thee, brave poet, Baxter Black. Thank you, Bruce Touching. Thank you. A touching, touching sentiment. Yes. And realizing that the theme tonight is love, I wanted to pick something tasteful and yet fitting. <laughs> Edible panties? <laughs> Virtually the perfect gift, Woody Paul. Which is the problem I would like to address, and that is finding the perfect gift for that certain special someone in your life. For that certain special someone whose talent lays well hidden, disguised as barking spiders, and often waits unbidden until it's least expected. Then, without a warning, flings its flatulent crescendo on sulfur-scented wings. <laughs> but what can you give a person with such windy expertise? <laughs> a tuning fork? <laughs> Some chapstick? <laughs> a metered time release? All ideas with some merit, but may I suggest a pair of the latest thing in undies. I call it Thunderwear. <laughs> it has acoustic panels <laughs> to enhance yet not disturb the resonant profundo <laughs> when you activate reverb. <laughs> With practice, you can dampen those explosive, sharp reports. Or by turning up the echo, you can yodel through your shorts. <laughs> you can imitate a bugling elk, an octopus escape or counterpoint percussion, an old Riders in the Sky tape. <laughs> Be a foghorn when it's needed, play a tasteful oboe lick, or recreate an ocean storm complete with Moby, but you say, <laughs> but you say he doesn't need it. He might hurt himself, you fear. And it has its own extinguisher, should he flame out while in gear. <laughs> and to top it off, it comes equipped, as per the OSHA warnings, <laughs> with protective ankle splash guards, 
for those jalapeno mornings. <laughs> and when he wakes and stumbles from your bed at break of dawn and tunes up like an orchestra awaiting the baton, he can welcome in the morning with a 20-gun salute or play his reeking bagpipe till he's just too poop to toot. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know you're thinking, I don't know. A duck call would be cheaper. <laughs> but when searching for the perfect gift, one digs a little deeper. And the icing is this thunderwear is guaranteed to last until his sphincter catches fire or he just runs out of gas. <laughs> You will not hear that on Morning Edition. <laughs> Only on Riders Radio Theater. Yes. You know, Baxter, it's funny you should mention, we've become real fans of your Monday morning commentaries on Morning Edition. Well, thanks, my little myopic mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what you talk about, Baxter. You can hear the essence of the West in your voice. Woody's right, Baxter. You summon wide-open spaces and timber-topped mountains. Cool breezes and shady arroyos. Well, of course. Sir? Sir? Well, that's how I write these poems. I saddle up old Walter and <laughs> load the rhyming dictionary in the saddlebag and head off to the remote wild county libraries that populate the West. Wow, just like us, going to Cincinnati. Exactly. Yeah. That's when I'm properly inspired. I, I just kick back and let her fly. I get it. You emote when you're remote. Ha! <laughs> Nice rhyme, too, Slime. Okay. <laughs> Gosh, Baxter, you don't have to say that. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. It's written right here. You typed it very clearly. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, buckaroos and buckarets, pound for pound, the toughest left-handed cowboy poet in North America, Baxter Black. <laughs> Thank you, Ranger Doug. Riders Radio Theater is a Mammoth Radio Pictures production in association with WVXU. This program is being taped live at the Emory Theater in the Queen City of the West, Cincinnati, Ohio. Stay with us, Saddle Pals. We now continue our national Beatle reunion, Polkamania Countdown, with survey song number 10, I saw her standing there.
Welcome back, buckaroos and buckarettes. You're listening to Riders Radio Theater. And now Riders Radio Theater presents the ongoing saga of the Cowboy Wave. Tonight, episode four of the exciting Western melodrama, Marauders of the Cosmos. As faithful listeners will no doubt recall, Slocum and Charlie have stolen a shipment of research documents from the National Archives. Charlie, I found something in here that's going to make us rich. What is it? A rocket gun and a lost comet. (laughs) Slocum then raised the money to build his rocket gun by selling it, slightly used, to a Middle Eastern despot. I'm going to need a big mountain to build the barrel of my rocket rifle on. I know, the Grand Croutons. Later that day, he settled on Mount Brigitte, the grandest crouton of them all. And when he checked the county deed register to see who owned it, he made a startling discovery. Well, well, who would have thought it? (laughs) And now, episode four, entitled... Doesn't this just defy belief? The lights burn long into the night in the back room of the Dragult Saloon as Slocum plots his big and evil plan. Charlie, you ever heard of the Acme Texas Airport Zone Corporation? I can't say as I have. They own a lot of land in the Grand Croutons, including Mount Brigitte. Hey, the grandest crouton of them all. Exactly. I need that mountain to build my rocket gun on. So I want you to go to Texas and get this lease agreement signed by the guy who owns the Acme Texas Airport Zone Corporation. So who's the guy? Does the name Ross the Boss ring a bell? No. Well, no matter. Here's where to find him. Now get going. Right. Oh, and uh, Charlie, he's a big talker. Don't let him get started. He might talk you out of it. Don't worry, boss. I know how to handle a big talker. Yeah. (laughs) So in the gloom of night, Charlie heads off for Texas in a confrontation with Ross the boss. The following morning, though, on the famed old Harmony Ranch, the riders are relaxing on their front porch having a late morning cup of coffee. Gosh, Ranger Doug, yesterday we heard a plaintive pinging call and saw a puff of blue gases, but could it have been something besides a Studebaker Golden Hawk? I don't know, too slim, but I don't have to know. What I do know is that I'm going to continue the search until I find one. We better find it fast, Ranger Doug. I hear some big Texas land development company has bought up most of the Grand Croutons. Good grief. If they develop those mountains, the last known refuge of the Golden Hawk will be destroyed. Yes, but if we can prove at least one is still living, then we can stop development under the Endangered Species Act. Oh, you Jaspers is wide awake and dreaming. People have been looking for that flightless bird for years, and they ain't found nary a feather. I tell you, they're as extinct as the Cleveland Indians. We'll see about that this season. Anyway, I won't believe the Studebaker Golden Hawk is extinct until I've searched every square inch of that mountain range. Woody, let's draw up a search grid for the Grand Crouton. Right you are, Ranger Duck. No, and I'll write a letter to the Department of the Interior. Gee, is it Babbitt or Bobbitt? Come on, Woody, let's get started on those grids. Why you lollygags are doing all that? I guess I'll be stuck doing all the chores around the ranch. Hey, great. Thanks, side meat. Well... In Tumbleweed City, a finally fully clothed high sheriff drywall is entering the office of first rational bank president, Cash Arbitrage. Come in, high sheriff. Come in. Oh, howdy, Mr. Arbitrage. What can you do for me? Have you come to repay that $500 loan I gave you to go to Nashville on? Oh, I wish I was. I'd like to talk about that, sir. Talk? Talk is cheap. Where's the money? Well, sir, I ain't got it. Took everything I had to get me a number one record. I got nothing to show for it. I need an extension, sir. Extensions are telephones, High Sheriff. If you can't pay back the money, you'll have to work it off. What do you mean? I mean, after your daily duties as High Sheriff over, you'll come to work here as a night guard. What? The pay is $2 a week, you deadbeat. What? That's pretty good pay. 
Later that day in Dallas, Texas, a hulking figure slips through the side door of a towering black granite skyscraper that is the corporate headquarters of the Yakme Texas Airport Zone Corporation. Sneaking up the back stairs, he makes his way to the top floor and enters the private office of the corporate chairman. What in tarnation? Hey, are you Ross the boss? Yes, I am. Are you by any chance aware that America is in a crisis? Every day we drift closer and closer to hearing a big sucking sound. Doesn't this just defy belief? In other words... Shut up. Will you let me talk here? I'm giving my time to be here and talk about these great issues in the least... I said shut up. All right, fine. Here, sign this. Well, what is it? This is exactly the problem with you people. The Congress has said that you've got to... I gotta... said shut up. I know what the problem is. It don't require a rocket scientist to listen I to me. I said just a... shut up. All right, fine. Now sign it. Good. Now you are saying... I was saying you need to listen to me. I am giving my time. I don't have to. I have got $5 million. Shut up! Well, what could I possibly gain from this? It's just that simple. Like I said, I've got five billion dollars. All right. Fine. <laughs> Neighbors, to quote from page 96 of the best-selling book, Don't Squat With Your Spurs On, A Cowboy's Guide to Life, never miss a good chance to shut up. The next morning dawns bright and sunny in Tumbleweed Valley, and at the first rational bank from the depths of the president's sofa, High Sheriff Drywall wakes from his first stint as night guard. <sighs> Boy, this night bank guard job ain't so bad. That's the best night's sleep I've had in a week. Whew, time to go to my day job now and get a nap. Well, is that you, Miss Marm? Morning, High Sheriff. Well, morning, Miss Marm. Where are you off to so bright and early? The Grand Croutons, Mount Brigitte. Oh, that's the grandest crouton of them all. <laughs> yep, we're having our junior Saddle Pals Jamboree up there later this month, and I'm gonna go find us a good campsite. Well, good luck, Miss Marm. Thanks, see you later. At the famed old Harmony Ranch, Riders in the Sky are already up and off to continue their search for the elusive Studebaker Golden Hawk. Yeah, get up there, get up there, Birkenstock. And later that morning, in the back room of the Dry Gulch Saloon, Charlie returns from his trip to Dallas. Charlie, welcome back. How'd it go? See for yourself, Slocum. <laughs> yeah, let's see here. I'm finding it signed, Ross. You did it, Charlie. The grandest crouton of them all is mine. Right. All right, no need wasting time. Take those no trespassing signs over there and put them up all over the mountainside. Right. And Charlie, you see anybody up there on my mountain? Run them off and don't be nice about it. <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> Later that afternoon, halfway up Mount Brigitte, the grandest crouton of them all, in a beautiful clearing next to a treacherous ravine, Miss Marm stops to rest. She builds a small fire and heats water for a cup of soothing herbal tea. <sighs> it's so beautiful here. Just me and the wonders of nature. But as peaceful and tranquil as it is at Miss Marm's campsite, on a ledge just above, a doofus lurks. Hey! Hey, you! What in the... Are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. This is private property. Get S off, sister. Says who? Says me. And whose authority? This! <laughs> Did you just shoot at me? Oh, no, I'm throwing rocks at you. <laughs> kind of dumb for a school teacher, aren't you? Is that so? Get out of here before I plug you. I'm sorry, I, I just can't quite hear you. Could you crawl out a little further on that ledge so I could hear you better? I said... Oh, no, I 
get a better shot at it from out there anyway. Uh-oh. Oh, how did that happen? I hope you learned a lesson, you bully. Huh, lesson, I'll give you a lesson. <laughs> the huge, angry doofus chases Miss Marm to the edge of the perilous ravine where she's trapped. Now you're gonna get it, school. The, the plucky school teacher's only hope of escaping is to somehow get across the deep, treacherous ravine. But how? It is at that moment that a soulful, large animal veterinarian and wandering cowboy poet steps out of the forest on the opposite side of the ravine. Ah. Huh. You don't have to be a busload of county agents to figure this one out. <laughs> Hang on, ma'am. I'll get you out of this. What I are you going to do? Well, let me think. I'll think get you. Along. I'll wring your little neck. He can't help you. <laughs> Wait, I've got it. What? Working quickly, the cowboy poet takes out his trusty Just wax beaver incisors and gnaws down a nearby sapling. The sapling falls across the ravine and forms a slender bridge right at her feet. Come on, ma'am. I calculate it'll just about hold your weight with just a little give. Okay, if you say so. Gingerly, the plucky Miss Marm makes her way across the narrow sapling to the safety of the other side. I made it. Good job. Hey, hey, you, come back here. Hey. Why don't you come and get her? I don't think so. That won't hold me. Why, you little crepitant pustule. What? I'll get you for that. Oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you something. You yeah? mare-riding, mouth-breathing, egg-sucking skunk. What? You're the kind who drowns kittens for fun. Downright. You hat-stealing, hole-peeping, pencil-neck punk. You're a blister on everyone's bun. Huh? You lackluster, festering, double-dumb putts. You're the wax on a Tom Turkey's snood. Hey. You buzzard breath, bone pig, and big tub of guts. You're a flake of the first magnitude. What? You scrofulous, wool slipping, miscreant scum. Oh. You're the grease off a of hell's angel's comb. Oh. You bilge water, bog drinking, boot licking bum. You're a bucket of thunder mug foam. I'll get you for this. To sum up your good points. Ah would be quite a chore. There's so many that it's hard to say. Oh. You're either or juice off a dog kennel floor. That does it. I'm coming after you. <laughs> or the knit in a wino's toupee. Thank you for rescuing me. My pleasure, ma'am. Standing on her tiptoes, Miss Marm gives the cowboy poet a gentle kiss on the cheek. And it is at that moment that three riders searching for a rare bird come into view on a nearby knoll. Gosh, who's that kissing over there? <laughs> Looks like Baxter Black. And yeah. uh, is that Miss Marm? It <gasps> is Miss Marm. Oh no, Miss Marm is kissing somebody besides Ranger Doug. <gasps> Is this the end of Riders in the Sky? Is this the end of Riders in the Sky? Where will Charlie land and what is Slocum up to? Well, you won't find the answers to these questions in Croutons on a Cow Pie 1 or 2, but you will find them right here, same time, same station, next week in Episode 5 of 5 of Marauders of the Cosmos, entitled, How Do You Mend a Broken Heart? It's heart-rending, tear-jerking, three-hanky melodrama you won't want to miss, and it's coming only to this, Theater of the Mind. This is the VXU Radio Network.